is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Oh, yeah, here we go. Breakouts. Yesterday we talked sleepers. Today, breakouts. Breakouts are even better than sleepers. So we're hopefully going to be talking about some great players. We're going to help you win your fantasy leagues today. Dave, or not, Dave's not here, but Jamie's here, and Heath is here. They're going to help you win your fantasy leagues this season. Sorry I messed up your names. Good morning, guys. Uh, no problem, Alan. It's nice to be here with you. Chris and Ben, <laughs> how are you doing today? Yeah, Chris and Ben, we're all doing great. I think you'll, you'll probably hear Ben on uh, tomorrow's podcast. We'll uh, do busts, and we'll recap the preseason games. Uh, we are going to talk about the podcast league and how to get in. So I'm, I'm actually very excited for today's show. Don't mess it up. The podcast league, I emailed all three of Dave, Jamie, and Heath. And I probably should have emailed Ben, too. He's part of the team. Uh, a date. I said, hey, can you guys make the draft on this night? They didn't respond, so I'm just going to make that a yes. It's going to be Wednesday. What's, What's that? What night? Wednesday, August 28th. Can't do it. Well, I have. Uh, I think I only have yeah, one draft. draft that, I only have one draft that night. I should be good. I can do two at once. What's your problem, Jamie? Yeah, it's fine. Okay, cool. Wednesday, August twenty eighth. If you can't make it, don't submit. If not, if I'll just give somebody. I'll give. I'll give away the team. No, you else. won't. I will tell you. Um, I will tell you what you need to do to get in. All right, that's coming up later. Who are your favorite breakouts? Let's get one, and then we'll have a whole bunch of breakouts in the second half of the show, including good ones from our listeners. Uh, Heath, who's your favorite breakout this year? Is it someone that you put on both your sleeper and your breakout lists? I love. All my breakouts equally, but for favorite, I'll go with the guy that I think could be a top five pick in the following year, and it's Dalvin Cook. Get a Minnesota uh, team that's going to run the ball m- much more than they did last year if the final three games are any indication. Cook, according to Pete Prisco, could challenge for the league leaders in rushing yards. I expect him to get more touchdowns with Latavius Murray gone. He's going to be heavily involved in the passing game. Dalvin Cook could be a top five running back this year and a top five pick next year. Okay, I was so Heath emailed me some sleepers yesterday and some breakouts today or two days ago and the day before whatever. Uh, and Lamar Jackson was on both his lists, so I thought he might go with him, but he's going with Dalvin Cook, who's going 18th overall. Heath, are you concerned though that their rookie center, Garrett Bradbury, first round pick, according to Kirk Cousins, has a pretty sweaty butt, and they are somewhat worried about fumbling the snaps? I'm not sure if you saw that story last week. I did not see the story about the sweaty butt, but from what I understand, there's a part of Kirk Cousins' hand that's supposed to be touching the center's butt should not be touching the football. So I don't think it should cause any fumbling issues. Yeah, he he expressed some concern about all of Garrett Bradbury's sweat, and that's a, a light, light little note for you here on Fantasy Football Today. Jamie, who is your favorite breakout? My favorite breakout, uh, on Johnson. I am so excited about his opportunity this year uh, to be a three-down back. I just hope he stays. Both those guys. I hope Dalvin Cook and on Johnson stay healthy because I agree with Heath. I think we could be talking about, you know, two guys that are challenging to be top five running backs next season if they if they can play 16 games and do what they're capable of doing. Um, you know, on was playing really well last year before he suffered the knee injury, really starting to pick up steam. Uh, he's got an injury track record. It's hard to overlook that, but Again, I, I think, you know, the Lions making the move to get rid of Theo Riddick is to involve this guy more in the passing game. I hope he doesn't lose anything to C.J. Anderson, at least too much on the ground game, you know, touchdown opportunities, et cetera. But 
Uh, I think he can be um, one of the more special running backs in the NFL. I thought that last year, and I hope that this is the season that he puts it all together. Yeah, so if you're sitting there back end of round two, maybe starting toward the middle of round two in a 12-team league, because Cook is going 18th overall, depending on where you look and what ADP, uh, and carry on Johnson 21st overall, who do you guys prefer, carry on or Cook? I like carry on a little bit better. Yeah, I think it may just come down to format for me. I think I believe I have Dalvin one spot higher in non-PPR and carry on one spot higher in PPR. Okay. And I just want to throw in it's another... It, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, okay, I'll go. I, I just want to throw in another name who sort of fits the mold and is being drafted in the same range but a little bit later than these two, and that's Leonard Fournette. And I think when you look at Fournette and carry on Johnson, you are getting what you want. Okay, Remember we talked about in the running back preview, what do you want? You want someone who's going to dominate touches to get an elite running back. Dominate touches, hopefully have 50 or more catches, and be on a good offense. Of those three, obviously are not the only criteria, but they're important. Of those three, you know, how would you rank them in terms of who meets that criteria? That's the interesting part is I think now, especially with Theo Riddick gone, we may have, like, if you're looking at those three criteria, we may have three different answers. I, I think Leonard Fournette is the most likely to fully dominate touches, and we've seen him do that in the past in Jacksonville. They don't really have another talented back on the team currently. I think that Dalvin Cook is probably on the best offense of the three, and on Johnson now be, may be the most likely to catch 50 passes. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, I, yeah, I think all, all three of these guys uh, have the chance to be just fantastic. I just want to bring up something because I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday who's just starting to get looking at his league, say his draft this weekend. So he was picking, he's picking in the back end of a, of a 10 team league. I think he's picking eight. And so I told him, you know, I'd probably go receiver, receiver. It's a three receiver league. It's PPR. And he asked me, you know, who are some running backs I'll be looking at in round three and round four. And he brought up carry on Johnson. I said, no, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're probably not going to get that. Now that may be the case in some leagues that, you know, aren't, necessarily looking at him as one of these guys that are in this range, you know, back end of round two type of guys yet. So, you know, you, you may have some scenarios where he slips, but I, I think it's, you know, one, one thing that, you know, people, when they start doing their prep now, because a lot of it is when it's happening, you know, our audience is a little bit different, but you know, we are still picking up people along the way is like, don't look at what happened a year ago to some of these guys, Cook getting hurt, Fournette, you know, struggling, getting hurt, on Johnson getting hurt, and the teams that they're on. You know, I know Minnesota is obviously a very good football team, but the Jaguars struggled last year, and, and obviously Detroit's been bad for several years. They're going to be in very good situations if they stay healthy. It's all about health with these guys. If they play 16 games, they're going to put up tremendous stats. And if you're someone who finds running backs to be a little bit too risky there, like we started off your team with one of the big four running backs, and I'm going to ask you guys in a little bit where you're going to take Ezekiel Elliott. But if you're a little gun-shy on, on running backs in rounds two and three where you would be taking Cook or on Johnson or Leonard Fournette, or maybe there's someone else in that mix, uh, you know, I think what you got to notice right now is with the wide receivers, Amari Cooper might miss the rest of the preseason with a foot injury. T.Y. Hilton's got this Andrew Luck issue going on. Antonio Brown is Antonio Brown. I'm wondering if just the last few days, the events of the last few days have made these running backs look a little bit better in comparison to the wide receivers there. I guess it just depends if you want to go running back, running back to start your draft. Yeah, or running back, wide receiver, running back. But yeah, two. let's say two in your first well, three in, in, I mean, I, I know we've seen this a lot of take one of the top four backs, if you're, especially if you're picking on the swing. You know, if you're picking first, you're going Barkley, receiver, receiver. We just tend to see that a lot more than we see Barkley, 
Fournette, Hilton. You know, we just I, I haven't seen that. I, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but um, I think it just comes down to you know how you want to build your team and and you know do you want to take the best player available. So if if you're inclined to take another one of these running backs, and it's probably going to be Carry On or or Fournette. I don't think Dalvin Cook. At least I haven't seen him you know slip that far. Um, it's not a bad route to go, but that's where the tight ends come into play too. You know, of Zach Ertz and, and George Kittle, the back end of round two, early round three, you have, you know, still other receivers that people are taking. This is where Adam Thielen is going based on ADP. Uh, I think you can make a case for, you know, Stefan Diggs, Brandon Cooks, um, you know, maybe in PPR, Julian Edelman. At, I, at the I cannot swing. make a case for Brandon Cooks that early. I, I, I'm not saying I that so, anyway. you have to. I'm just saying, you know, those are the receivers in the mix. You know, if, you, if you're talking about... Right, I'm asking you to compare take, them to those running backs, though. What do you think now? What, I, I what think at this do? point, you know, it, it, I, I tend to gravitate toward the receivers there just because especially if you're talking about a three-receiver league, it's hard to pass up on, you know, what those guys could be able to do. But again, if you want the best player, Fournette or Carrion Johnson or in, in Dalvin Cook's case, if he falls, are probably the best player. Yeah, and I was just looking at NFFC ADP. They've had 110 drafts since August 1st. And Carrion is still a third-round pick at 27.8 ADP. Leonard Fournette's one spot ahead of him, 27.6. Um, so if you've got one of the... Like, it's not difficult. To, it doesn't look like to get one of those guys if you start with one of the elite running backs, take a wide receiver or tight end in round two, and you still have Fournette or Carrion as your number two running back. Well, here's an interesting one, though. Okay, let's say you start with an elite running back, then you take a wide receiver in round two. Maybe it's Keenan Allen or Mike Evans or something. And then in round three, you kind of want to take Carrion Johnson or Leonard Fournette. I, I think I would probably do that in a, in a two-wide receiver league. But in a three-receiver league, that in also includes a flex. I don't know what I would do there. I would probably lean wide receiver. I think my strategy would change depending on the format there. Because it, it dries up pretty quickly in three receiver leagues. By the time you get back to your back to your pick in round four, um, you know you're gonna you're gonna have hopefully Galladay, Godwin, guys like that. Not bad, but I don't know. I I think I'd lean toward that second there, tier tier two yeah, wide receiver. There's just not one of those receivers that I'd rather have than Carry On or Fournette. I don't really feel like T Y Hilton has top five upside at wide receiver. Um, I don't really feel like Edelman or Diggs or Thielen or Cooper or Cooks have top five upside. Fournette and Cook both do, I think. The only thing or, I think and that, Johnson and Cook, that, that I agree with you. The 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 ceiling for each guy at their positions is different, but the floor is a little bit different too. And that's right. the, that's the problem is yeah. that the receivers are safer, you know. And so we've we've just seen it. You know, Fournette, as good as he was as a rookie, missed three games. As uh, Dalvin Cook has shown us he's played, he's missed more games than he's played. You know, carry on Johnson last year, you know, couldn't stay healthy after starting to, you know, finally get his workload ramped up. So there, there are, there are clearly flaws with these guys. If there weren't, you know, we'd see a lot more running backs going in the first round. Okay. Uh, and Dave gave me some breakouts too. So I wanted to mention one. He had a guy I'd never heard of before. Curtis Eisenberg, I think was his name. So, um, do we have sure. a picture of, uh, Jamie with Curtis Eisenberg? See if we got that here. Oh, there he is, Jamie, with his CBS blanket with Curtis Samuel and Lamar Jackson, arms draped around both of them. If you're not watching, you should be watching our show on youtube.com slash fantasy football today or with CBS All Access. You can watch the full show. Very adorable, Jamie. You're a company man with that CBS blanket. It's it's honestly one of the best things they've ever given me. Uh, <laughs> do you recognize the couch? Is that still my couch? Yeah, I mean, this is an old picture because oh. uh, uh, Curtis Samuel's hair is 
before we cut my my <laughs> middle son's hair, which was uh, two years ago. But um, yeah, that's the the couch that I that I uh, you you sold me. And I, I'm not going to fight over Curtis Samuel, but we might like J- Jamie can be like the step dad of Lamar Jackson. He's just over there for a visit. Uh, yeah, that's J- that's Heat's guy, Lamar. I Jackson. think with moving luck down, I may have put him higher than you. I may have him ranked higher than you. Oh my. Oh my. All right, today's sponsors. We got three of them. FanDuel, fanduel.com slash FFT. Go to fanduel.com slash FFT. Get a $5 bonus on your first deposit and come compete against us in FanDuel. Sleep Number. Haven't talked about them yet, but Sleep Number, this is a mattress company. They have the Sleep Number 360 smart beds. If you're, you know, if you and your wife, husband, partner, whoever can't agree on the firmness of the mattress you want, a Sleep Number 360 smart bed will let you choose your ideal firmness on both sides of the mattress so that is very cool and uh we will you'll hear about that later and stamps.com if you anything you want to do shipping stuff you know mailing stuff anything you want to do you don't want to go to the post office you can do it from home with stamps.com you go there you click on the microphone and you type in fft on stamps.com when you click on the microphone you get a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale uh real quick guys adp alert looking on fantasy football calculator over the last month Todd Gurley is a first-round pick in non-PPR and half-PPR leagues. Not quite in PPR yet, but Todd Gurley just inside that top 12. And there you can see if you're looking at us on, on YouTube.com slash Fantasy Football Today or on All Access, you can see the graphs of his ADP. It is rising, guys. Todd Gurley. You know, it, it's funny because we just got through talking about three running backs that have a hard time staying healthy and that they should be taken in the back end of the second round. Well, middle to the back end of the second round, and uh, they have top five upside. There's a guy in Todd Gurley who's been a top five running back, obviously, you know, for the last couple of years, uh, the number one running back, and right now he's healthy. I mean, we haven't had anything. There has been nothing that said, oh, his knee is uh, bothering him. There's been issues. Now, he hasn't played a game yet. There's a there's a huge difference in that. Has he been tackled yet? We don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to assume he's taken some contact. I, yeah, I have not seen anything indicating that he was fully participating. But there's been nothing. He's taking a day off of at least reports. You know, he may have and nobody's right. reported it, but he's taking a day off of practice because of maintenance or there's swelling in his knee or anything. And when we're talking about right now, you know, um, Andrew Luck potentially missing time. And, you know, there's there's varying scales of how we're dropping him in our rankings Two prominent running backs that are missing due to contract holdouts like can you really say right now if you're drafting you feel more confident week one Ezekiel Elliott's going to be there or Todd Gurley's going to be there and how would you draft those two guys if in fact you know that one is starting to potentially miss games yeah I feel more confident Gurley is going to be there I don't feel more confident Gurley has a better chance at 300 touches I I don't disagree with that but but what I'm saying is like when you start to build your roster because that's what we're talking about here we're not talking about 16 games we're talking about building your roster and so the, the, the construction of your roster, how you're framing everything right now, it's like Gurley's starting to seem a little bit more attractive. Yeah, there, there has not been much movement on NFC in terms of ADP, still 17th. I don't know if that's a lot of mocks that are driving that up, but it could happen. Like, I don't, I feel a little better about him than I did, but I think mid-second's still better. Okay. All right, that's Todd Gurley. And we'll keep you updated on his average draft position. We're also going to tell you how to get into the podcast league. And we got some big-time news and notes. Odell Beckham, Amari Cooper, Kenyon Drake, uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Yes, that is how you pronounce it. Andrew Luck, Jimmy Garoppolo threw five straight passes to the defense yesterday. We're going to talk about all that right after this break on Fantasy Football Today. 
What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. News and notes. In just a second, you want to know how to get in the podcast league? Wednesday, August 28th. Here we go. It's at 8 p.m. Eastern. If you cannot make it, please do not submit. If you can make that time, we are looking for something fun, something creative. I'm just going to make it vague and throw it out there. If you want to do a little song, you know, like for our baseball podcast last year, we had this. John Gray. You can draft him if you want to. Stuff like that. It was actually pretty funny. I we had other songs. I'll play I could play them for you some other time. Um, come up with something. Somebody made a, a March Madness style bracket of all my terrible takes on movies and music and pop culture. That stuff's great. So send an email to fa- to uh fantasyfootball at cbsi.com, the letter I, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com, and put podcast league in the subject line. Podcast league. And then do whatever you gotta do. If you don't want to do something creative, not everybody. It, th- I'll pick some that are not like that, you know, just like heartfelt stuff, whatever it is. You want to pour your heart out. Tell me why you want to be in the league. But we'd like some funny stuff that we can share on the podcast. Uh, poems, whatever the heck you want to do. What I don't want, what won't win, is a parody of a song that's not recorded. Just like, hey, here's a parody. Here are some lyrics. Those don't really translate well. So we got a lot of those for baseball. Uh, try not to do that for football. If you have actually go out and record something, that's pretty cool. Um, and please send me a YouTube link instead of a, an actual file if you possibly can do that. So again, it's Wednesday, August 28th, 8 p.m. Eastern. Fantasy football today at cbsi.com and put podcast league in the subject line. And I just gave myself a lot of work. Okay, news and notes. Just tell me uh, how concerned you are if you're moving them down in your rankings or anything. Odell Beckham has a minor hip issue. Not yet. No. Amari Cooper has a ligament issue in his foot. He's unlikely to play in the preseason. Not yet. Mm-mm. Really? Okay. Kenyon Drake, going to miss the rest of the preseason with a foot injury. Mo- most likely. Let's, yeah, I, let's I've dropped it. him to running back 27 in PPR. I think running back 30 in non-PPR, still ahead of Balazs for me in both formats. Uh, I'm a little bit lower on both. In both formats for Drake, uh, I think in non-PPR, they're like two or three spots apart, Drake and Balazs. It's just, it's it, it, it sucks. Right, but, it, you know, this is kind of what I was talking about with Andrew Luck, right? I mean, could this actually be a good thing for Kenyon Drake if you want him on draft day? Maybe he misses a game or two. Maybe he doesn't miss any games. But he should be the starter when he comes back. You'd think he would get more work than Balazs. You know, would would you rather right. take Kenyon Drake? There, or, there's, yeah, go ahead. There's no indication that that's going to happen though uh, you're, you're right in theory happen? that he's going to get more work than Balazs uh you don't think so in theory yes but 
I would have said that last year too, that he was going to get more work than Frank Gore. Okay, so, so would, you, would you take Miles Sanders or Kenyon Drake? Sanders. Drake still. Okay. Uh, Tony Drake Romo. Drake and PPR. Drake it, and PPR. Tony Romo is high on Sam Darnold. Again, we might be sleeping on Sam Darnold. I understand you don't really have to draft him. There are so many good quarterbacks, but a two-quarterback league, you know. Could, I moved him up. He's in my top 20 now. All right. Uh, the Eagles like J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, wide receiver, rookie wide receiver. Could be a factor this year, according to Yahoo. Okay, great. Uh, it'd be nice to see. You know, I, I think there's just so many mouths to feed. You know, I think the thing that will help him is, is maybe Dallas Goddard missing some time. You know, now he gets an opportunity to sort of, you know, get in some more three-receiver sets as opposed to the two tight end sets that they run a lot. So, you know, if he's... Uh, if he's kicking Nelson Aguilar off the field and they can do some creative things with, you know, Jeffrey and Jackson and, and, and Whiteside, Ortega Whiteside, um, it would be uh, it would be fun to see. But I, I, I can't see him being a significant redraft fa- a factor, you know, if everybody stays healthy. It's great for Wentz. It's awful for fantasy football. <laughs> it's just uh, it's another yeah. downgrade for Jeffrey. Frank Reich uh, wants to make a decision on a week one starting quarterback by the end of the third preseason game. So we have a little bit just of time Just that there. sentence alone is terrifying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, not that you said luck. You said week one starting quarterback. <laughs> you know, the, the, it's, 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 how could you draft luck as a starter right now? Uh, because, you can, because you can draft a second quarterback who's still good enough to be a starter while having it upside just, It's just hurting your roster, though. But, but not if it's around 10, you know? Yeah, I, I mostly agree with you, Adam. I, I, there's no floor at all. But the upside is that he's the number two quarterback in fantasy. I don't think anything's happened that's changed that upside. So I a recurrence of the injury, maybe. Well, that they haven't sure. diagnosed. Like it, might, he might not play. That's the floor, though. That's not the upside. If he plays sixteen games, he still might be the number two quarterback in fantasy. I'm not taking him near as high as where he were. You don't have to. He's available in the double digit rounds now, and you should take it. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Are we still going to take him? He threw five five straight interceptions in practice. Against the team last year that led the league in fewest interceptions, <laughs> um, I wouldn't worry about that. He's boosting. Yeah, their I confidence. think there was some player on Twitter saying interception in practice are actually a good thing because yes. it means you're trying something different. Yes, mm-hmm. and they start off their season with the Buccaneers and the Bengals. That might be the perfect Ooh, guy yeah. to pair with Andrew Luck. There you go. Uh, George Kittle day to day with calf tightness. Maybe that's why Garoppolo threw all those interceptions. I spoke to him uh, yeah. two days ago. He said he said he's fine. Okay. You know, I, I'm I'm sure he wasn't going to tell me that his you know calf is broken, but you know he he did say I'm fine. Uh, New England rookie running back Damian Harris has a minor hand injury, which might be you know why we've gotten glowing reports on Sony Michelle, but Harris is a little bit behind right now. Joe Fan of NBC Sports thinks that Chris Carson will get at least two thirds of the running back work. You know, a lot of good press on Carson lately, so. Yeah. If that's true, he's a top 12 running back. I keep moving him up. You know, it's funny. Uh, I'm going to do my my last version of sleepers, breakouts, and busts. And he was a bust for me all offseason just because I thought he wasn't going to be healthy and Rashad Penny more work. And uh, the beginning of that column is going to be my apology to Chris Carson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt Nagy says Mitchell Trubisky is recognizing defenses better than he did last year. And when would you draft Melvin Gordon, guys, real quick? Same. Around the four, early fourth. Yeah. When would you draft Ezekiel Elliott? Still first round. Fourth. When in the first round, Jamie? Fourth. Fourth? Okay. Yep. Going to start to slide, though. I wanted to give these numbers. I looked at the elite running backs. 
which actually didn't really include Zeke last year because the touchdowns were low. But on a per-game basis, you know, other than Gurley, Gurley was a lot better than everybody, but you know who we're talking about. Gordon, Barkley, Kamara, McCaffrey. They averaged in non-PPR about 3.5 to 4.5 more points per game than Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins. In half PPR, those guys were about 3 points better than Adams and Hopkins. In PPR, those elite running backs other than Gurley were about 1.5 to 2.5 points better per game than Hopkins and Adams. It does not mean that it will happen again. But if you're sitting there going, well, is Hopkins really a big downgrade from Zeke? Potentially, yeah. Not because Hopkins isn't great, but because he's not going to have 2,000 total yards. And, you know, and Zeke probably will come close to that. And I teased it on yesterday's show, uh, the TV show that everybody loves that I absolutely hate. I watched the pilot episode. It was, I think, my second least favorite episode of a show ever. I'm not joking. Uh, was Euphoria. So you can hate me for that. But I absolutely, I really hated everything about it. It was uncomfortable. Never seen it. It was just awful. You probably want to go see it now because I said all this. I mean, it sounds like it's probably a pretty good show. Everybody loves it. So, you know, people, best show on TV. I thought it was, I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. All right. I'm going to be on CBS Sports HQ today with these guys on uh, Fantasy Football Today at noon Eastern to talk about the worst team I've ever drafted. Uh, if you want <laughs> some gambling advice and you want a dollar for your first month, go to sportsline.com. Fantasy advice on there too. The promo code is HUDDLE on sportsline.com. Promo code HUDDLE for a dollar for your first month. After that, it's $9.99. Uh, we get in a lot of auction questions lately. So next week, we're going to do a format episode. 10 teams, 12 teams, 14 teams, three receiver, two receiver, PPR, half PPR, whatever, auctions, format episode. And make sure you're signing up on CBS with the commissioner product. Um, it is the best, the best place to play. If you're a diehard fantasy fan, you've got to be playing on CBS. Customizable scoring, advanced stats, schedule flexibility, great for Dynasty. The app has gotten a lot better. Go to cbssports.com slash FFT to sign up right now. Uh, what do we got here? Let's do some fantasy combos. Ready? Who would you rather have? Hopkins and Dalvin Cook or David Johnson and Mike Evans? Hopkins and Cook. Man, I forgot how much I absolutely love this segment. It's just so much fun. You don't like it? What's wrong with it? Um, yeah, I'll go with Hopkins and Cook. What's wrong with fantasy combos? Uh, I don't nothing at all. I just Good. said I loved it. What are you talking about? <laughs> I think it's great. Uh, okay, which combo would you rather have? Travis Kelsey and Josh Jacobs, or Nick Chubb and George Kittle? Chubb and Kittle. Chubb and Kittle. I don't think it's close. No. Right. I mean, that was a really bad one. No, but it's ADP. It's ba- I'm not just making it up. It's based on average draft. <laughs> oh, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it's your fault. I'm just saying it's not close. Oh, I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling at Heath. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, now I'm choking. <laughs> Karma. All right. Uh, Pete Prisco, there you go. <laughs> Thank you. I'll Pete Prisco in a second. Half PPR, would you rather have the Seahawks running backs, Carson in the fourth and Penny in the seventh, or David Montgomery in the third and Tariq Cohen in the sixth? A little earlier investment on the Bears or a slightly later investment in the Seahawks? The Seahawks. Yeah, I think the, the Seahawks, you get the best player on the Seahawks. I would rather have Cohen than Penny, but I'll take the Seahawks. Would you rather have Montgomery or or Carson? And and also, Carson. like you just said last last combo that I said was terrible. I'm not choosing these. This is where these guys are being taken. And then you give us one where both players are a full round apart. What do you mean? 
this is not comparable. Uh, no, you, because uh, Montgomery's late third round and Carson's early fourth round. Okay. Uh, who would you rather have between those two, jerk? Carson and Car- the Seahawks. No, no, no. Between just Carson versus Montgomery. Carson. Easily. All right. We're taking a break. We got a lot of breakouts to talk about, plus your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Email of the day number one is from Russell J. Crotty. Dear James McGregor and Sean Blanky. I have no idea. Uh, Oh, Connor. Connors. They're Connors. That's right. James Conner, Conor McGregor, and Sean Connery. Just hosted an epic live draft weekend, and I wanted to share a clever live draft idea that was a big hit with my league mates. Uh, I had each league mate send me five songs to add to a shared playlist for the weekend, but their number one song was used as their walk-up music for the draft. This was an awesome feeling to hear your song and get amped for your pick, as well as a way to keep things moving if their song ended and they hadn't made their pick. We'd heckle them. Kept it going through the first four rounds, and then switched to the full playlist. Everyone loved it, so I thought I'd share this nice live draft touch. I would love to hear what each of you guys would pick for your walk-up song. This is an outstanding idea. Yeah. I love it. I have three different answers. Well, actually, I'm sorry, Heath. I chose for you, if you don't mind. Right. I understand, Coming but I up. thought I was supposed to answer the question. Coming up now to draft. Pick it in the four spot. Here he is, country fan. Heath Cummings. How you feeling, Heath? Who are you going to take? This song is one of the worst songs ever made. Um, and it makes me very angry. My actual answer was going to be if I was drafting with you, Adam, it would be the one that you've given me that Heath is on. Yeah, of course. Um, if I was drafting with these guys, I'd probably pick Stairway to Heaven because you get longer to pick than everyone else. <laughs> That's good. I like uh, that. So I, I think those are the best answers. All right, Jamie, I have your walk-up music, too. Uh, listeners alert, alerted me to this random Weezer song called Jamie. There you go, Jamie. You can pick now. I like it. Would you have uh, music, walk-up music in mind or no? No. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think so. That's not Jamie's style. I think you should go with... Uh... The last Boy Scout theme song. Yeah. All right, anyway, this is what I would choose. <laughs> Email of the day number two is from Dan from a city on Lake Michigan. Dear Mike, Teddy, Willie, and Dante, those are Patriots linebackers, you've talked a lot about strategy for early picks and later picks in the first three rounds. Consensus seems to be that early picks go heavy on running back and late picks go heavy on wide receivers, but what about... What about picks six through eight? What do you do in the middle of the draft? Yeah, we probably don't talk about that quite as much, guys. What would your strategy be for a middle pick? I think in PPR, it's still receivers. You know, you, you just looking at the group of backs, you know, and, and if you want to 
you know, lump all these guys together, but David Johnson, James Conner, Joe Mixon, Le'Veon Bell, you know, maybe Todd Gurley now. Um, the other guys we talked about are Fournette Cook and um, Fournette Cook and, and Carryon Johnson. You know, it, it's just you're getting the opportunity to take one of Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Juju Smith-Schuster, Michael Thomas, depending on, you know, format again. It just it there there's a little bit more of a safety factor with them. And like you were saying, Adam, they may not have the same upside as those top four running backs, but they probably have a little bit similar upside to Johnson, Connor and, and, and that group, just with the chance of the health when you factor that in in the offenses that those those receivers tend to play in. Yeah, I mean, I do think in this spot you let you have to let the draft come to you just a little bit more than the other two. It's a little more obvious at the front and the back, but. I'm mostly probably going to do exactly what Jamie said. Yesterday in our two QB draft, I think I started Julio, Evans, Kittle, Cooks from the number eight spot and absolutely loved it. Yeah, I mean, round two is sort of, you have your usual choice of a lot of the similar players that are going, well, obviously at the back end of round one. You know, so the the, the middle of round two is kind of, do you want to, Reach for, and I, I say that generously, reach for Mike Evans or Keenan Allen if you're going to go receiver, receiver. Or do you want to take receiver running back? That seems to probably be the most logical route, uh, unless Kelsey falls, which is ADP suggests that he does to the middle of round two. If you're, if you're looking at that group of backs that we've just been you know, finished talking through, you know, mm-hmm. Cook, Fournette, on Johnson, those guys will be available to you. The two tight ends most likely outside of Kelsey will be available to you, you know, especially if you're picking five or six, you know, mm-hmm. it's just a matter of how you want to, you know, sort of start to build your team and, and, you know, add them to your point about, you know, Cooper being hurt and Hilton, you know, being a little bit downgraded because of luck and those guys, if you don't want to have to risk, you know, the receivers that are available to you in round three and maybe not liking those guys where the running backs are going to be, you know, Devonte Freeman and now Chris Carson and, um, Josh Jacobs, that group, if you feel more comfortable with that, you do take Mike Evans or Keenan Allen and sort of just not even worry about it because you have potentially a top five wide receiver that you're getting for top eight value or top 10 value. The two players that come to mind, if I'm drafting it with, you know, picks five through eight, that would make me feel better about my draft if they were available to me in round two and round four would be Travis Kelsey who in our drafts, when we play on CBS with these, with these guys, with Dave, he's never available middle of round two. He goes early round two. Yeah, but, Dave takes him in round one when he picks yeah, up the back end. But ADP suggests that he has a good chance of being there in the middle of round two. So I would love to take him there after the top seven wide receivers are off the board. And for me, Mark Ingram in round four, somebody of Jacobs, Ingram, Carson, Montgomery, I don't know, I'm not sure how I feel about Montgomery yet, but... One of those guys, if they're there as a number two running back, I'd feel really good. After that, and then you start talking about Patriots guys, Philip Lindsay, Tevin Coleman, who's probably going to be a riser. Uh, you know, you might be at the end of a tier there. If those guys happen to fall to you with your second pick, with your fourth pick, for me personally, I'd feel a lot better about the team. But I don't love picking in the middle. Uh, I'd rather pick closer to the ends, personally. But, you know, it's no science to it. You can make a great team anywhere. Okay, uh, let's talk about some breakouts here. Thank you for the emails. And I'll try to read some more a little bit later at fantasyfootballcbsi.com. Okay, Jamie, we'll start with your breakouts. You already talked about Carryon Johnson. We've talked about Leonard Fournette. So let's talk about a wide receiver uh, quarterback combo here. Jameis Winston, QB 13 right now in ADP. And Chris Godwin, who's going 44th overall, someone you could be looking at in the middle of round four, hopefully later round four. 
Uh, yeah, you love those Bucks, so let's talk about it. Go ahead. I, I, you know, I mean, we've talked a lot about Chris Godwin. I, I just think that this is the year he puts it all together. His third year in the league, he's been sort of building toward this. All the targets that are available with Adam Humphreys and Deshaun Jackson gone, you know, he's had a, a phenomenal camp so far. You know, scored the touchdown in the preseason game. I think it's only going to continue to you know build momentum for him. And then Jameis, I think, is going to be a quarterback riser. I do think that you're going to start to see him, you know, not necessarily be reflected in, in average draft position, but I, I would not be surprised if he gets picked over Andrew Luck. Are you are you there yet, Heath? I'll I'll put him ahead of Luck, yeah. So, you know, I, I think that's a – for me, it's an easy one right now. It wasn't before, but I, I think Jameis has the opportunity to be among the league leaders in pass attempts. I think he's going to, you know, have a high volume uh, going into the season. And, you know, if he could limit the turnovers, that's going to be a problem for him. But I do think that he's going to have his best year to date. I, I like what I saw in the first preseason game on that drive. I think, you know, he's he's going to thrive with Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich in his ear, you know, uh, especially with Arians and his philosophy of allowing him to make some mistakes and still be successful. So um, in, in, one thing just with, uh, real quick on Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay is, you know, we don't, I think, talk about Mike Evans enough in the fact that there's all these targets available. And while Evans himself has said, he thinks Chris Godwin's going to be one and one A with with him. Uh, Evans may be the the one guy that's being drafted outside of the top five receivers that has a chance to make that leap to being number one. Yeah, because if if, about if, that if those sure. if those targets, but I don't think we talk about enough. Sure. You know, if those yeah. targets go his direction, you know, because look, I mean, you know, I think everybody kind of, you know, we tend to, you know, sometimes we harp on the the top of the draft a little too much, and sometimes we just you know gloss over it. Evans in round two could just be an absolute steal. And so uh, I, I just think this Tampa Bay offense is poised to be very, very fun, very explosive. The defense is probably going to struggle, so they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. The run game, as we know, is non-existent, at least right now. And so I, I think there's just a lot to like about this entire passing game. And that's why Jameis, I think, has a chance to thrive. It's not like last year where if he struggled, there was a guy that the coaching staff trusts. Now, they may trust Blaine Gabbert. I don't know. I don't know if I would trust Blaine Gabbert, but uh, I think Jameis is in line to really take that next step forward. And, you know, it's, it's funny because... They're going to be tied together their entire careers, Jameis and, and Mariota, until one separates. Obviously, there's a big difference fantasy-wise, but Mariota's got a guy he's got to look over his shoulder and worry about in Ryan Tannehill. Jameis doesn't have that right now, and I think this is going to allow him the freedom to play like I think we've hoped to see him play over the last couple of seasons. Okay. So Jameis, he made nine starts. His 16-game pace based on those nine starts was 4,700 yards, 28 touchdowns, 20 interceptions, plus... 76 carries for 459 and two. He, he ran the ball a little bit more last year. Those fantasy points, because of the interceptions, he would have been 12th in four-point-per-passing touchdown leagues, uh, 13th in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. That's really not so bad uh, for Jameis Winston. Okay, Godwin, uh, I'm going to give you Godwin or um, or Galladay. I think I gave that yesterday, but since Galladay is a breakout for Heath, who would you guys rather have, Godwin or Galladay? Galladay. I like Godwin better. Okay, they're going to go similarly. Uh, Curtis Samuel. You know, Curtis Samuel's obviously a breakout for you. We've talked about him. He was one of only two wide receivers last year with two rushing touchdowns. Do you know who the other one was? No. He, he was, I'll give you a hint, he was wide receiver eligible, but not necessarily a wide receiver. Isaiah McKenzie. Mm. The Bills. So actually, DJ Moore had the second most rushing yards of any wide receiver. And Curtis Samuel was one of only two receivers with two rushing touchdowns. But Samuel, you know, Jamie, in our Facebook group, 
on Fantasy Football Today, Facebook, the Facebook group, somebody made a pretty good comparison about, I said, I can't remember the last time somebody got this much preseason hype. Um, one of our, here he is, Robert Thomas. I feel like the 2019 Curtis Samuel hype and rise in ADP is equal to the 2018 Marquise Goodwin hype and rise. And uh, I thought that was a pretty good comparison. But don't call Goodwin a failure. He didn't really get a chance to show it because he got hurt in week one and Garoppolo got hurt in week three. But I did think that was an interesting comparison. Yeah, and, and Godwin had all those off-the-field situations with his uh, with his family. So um, Goodwin, Goodwin, right. What did I say? Godwin. Yeah, you said Godwin. Good, uh, Goodwin, yes. Um, I, I guess, yeah, you could, you could make a comparison to that, but I don't think he was getting the hype from the media yeah. in no. his city. Like Goodwin was getting hyped up by the fantasy community. Yeah, I just thought it was a, it but, was a but, fun but the comparison. similarities are there. You know, strong finish the year before, you know, um, and the hope that it would carry over to the, the following season, and it didn't. And Jamie gave me one more breakout when I asked him via email, and he just said Hunter. So is that Tory Tory Hunter, five time All Star breakout season? He was great. Mm-hmm. He was great. I, th- I think he played fantasy football too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, <laughs> Hunter Henry. Uh, Hunter Henry's got a shot. I think to you know it. It's funny. He's going to go as the sixth guy of the top six tight ends, and and you know we we obviously focus on the top three and the other two guys in, in Ingram and. And Howard and and Henry is like you know you just kind of okay I'll take Henry if he's there he's got a shot to you know maybe be better than Ingram but be better than than OJ Howard and and challenge the other two guys if there's a step back for either Ertz or uh, the other three guys if there's a step back for any of those three so you know there's 110 targets available with with Tyrell Williams and, and Antonio Gates gone you know what Rivers to Gates has been for years so the touchdowns I think are the thing that could certainly help Hunter Henry but if he can. You know, you see the projections here. If you're watching on 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 the show, it's fifty-seven, seven, thirty-seven, and five. I I would take the over on that. Yeah, figuring out how you feel about Hunter Henry could really shape your draft. If you're comfortable with him at tight end, you know you can wait an extra round and not take Ingram and Howard. And you know, if you're not, then you might feel a little bit more compelled to take one of the top five. Heath, how do you feel about Hunter Henry? Oh, I like him a lot, and I think you could make a case for him over at least one of my breakouts at tight end. I thought he looked pretty good in his first preseason game. The Chargers, there's been a lot of buzz there. I think it's difficult to like Hunter Henry as a breakout and Mike Williams as a breakout, and I'm more on the Hunter Henry as a breakout than Williams. I totally agree with you. I I think that's where Mike Williams loses. If he doesn't gain in the catches and the yards, the clear loss for him is the touchdowns with Henry taking not all of it, obviously, but... You know, if if you were to say who's going to score five touchdowns, who's going to score ten of the two guys, I would sign up for Henry more so than I would for William. All right, guys, one last break on fantasy football today. Heath's breakouts, listener breakouts, listener emails right after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, the Heath is on. All right, who are your breakouts, Heath? Who are some that you want to talk about? I did put Lamar Jackson in here partially because... I was kind of saying that 
I didn't have another quarterback breakout because Jamie took Jameis Wentz. Wentz. I agree with him. I, I don't really view Wentz as a breakout just because Wentz did it before. He just got hurt in the middle of that breakout season. But he did everything. Like, he was a top five quarterback. I've got him ranked fourth. I think he's going, I think I'm the highest on him in the rankings right now. I think he's going to be very good. But I'll go with Jackson just because a lot of times we distinguish between sleeper and breakout and say, well, yeah, he's a sleeper because he's being drafted so late. He's a breakout if he has top five upside. I do think Lamar Jackson is both. I have him projected, I think, pretty cautiously with just 159 rush attempts with only throwing 21 touchdown passes and 3,300 passing yards. And even with that, he's creeping into my top 12, top 10 quarterbacks in six-point-per-pass touchdown leagues. He's a borderline top five guy in four-point-per-pass touchdown leagues. Loved what I saw in the first preseason game. Love what they've done with this offense for him. I think Miles Boykin and hopefully Marquise Brown gets on the field and help too. I think those receivers will definitely help. Mostly it's just his development. If he becomes an average NFL quarterback in terms of passing ability, then he is going to be a fantasy superstar. Mm-hmm. The only thing I can't do with Jackson, unless I'm in a league where you know only 15, 16 quarterbacks are drafted, I don't think I could draft him as my only quarterback. I'm not sure I'd feel comfortable I, with that. I just have a really hard, and it's possible. May, maybe they beat these teams so badly that they don't have to pass and they don't run Jackson. But they start off with the Dolphins, the Arizona Cardinals, the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> I find it really hard to imagine that Lamar Jackson is going to be bad in those three games. I hope not. If he is, sound the alarm. All right, Dalvin Cook we discussed. Let's talk about DJ Moore because you have him as a breakout. And his last seven games, he was on pace for 73 catches, 1,077 yards, only two touchdowns, but 117 targets. Uh, He certainly uh, showed up late in the season. DJ Moore. Yes, and I I did a little Twitter thread on this yesterday at Heath Cummings SR if you want to go read it, talking about Moore and Samuel. And I'm not trying to stand in the way of a Curtis Samuel breakout except for the fact that I've started to see a few people on Twitter saying Samuel over Moore. And I've heard of a few drafts where Samuel is going before Moore. And I just think it's important to look at what they actually did last year. Yes, Curtis Samuel scored seven touchdowns to DJ Moore's two. Let's get rid of that for just a second. Moore was a 21-year-old rookie who averaged 9.6 yards per target on 82 targets. There have been three 21-year-old rookies ever to average better than nine yards per target on 80 targets. The three are DJ Moore, Randy Moss, and Keenan Allen. Juju almost did it. He had 79 targets. We can throw Juju in there as well. He was better than Samuel on a per-target basis, a per-reception basis, a per-game basis, and he was a rookie. So I... I still think while Samuel definitely is a value at his current ADP as it creeps up, Moore is the one that we could be looking at as a top 12 wide receiver moving into next year. And I I don't disagree with Heath. Um, I don't know if he'll be a top 12 guy, but I I don't disagree that he should be taken ahead of Curtis Samuel. As much as I like Curtis Samuel and have, I've consistently had DJ Moore ranked ahead of him. So I I don't want to be the one that's, you know, saying take Curtis Samuel over DJ Moore, and I'll stay consistent. I think if you'd say who has the higher ceiling, it's DJ Moore. That doesn't mean that Samuel can't be better than him by the end of the year based on circumstances. But I still think that if you're looking at it, who should you be taking first? It's DJ Moore. Now, the problem is, is that the gap between them is ridiculous. The well, gap, the gap should on be which a, draft you're in. Yeah, the gap should be a lot closer between those two guys. And in, in our drafts, it's now down to like a half a round. 
And Heath, you're, you have two tight ends on your breakout list. They are O.J. Howard and Evan Ingram. And who do you prefer? I prefer Ingram just because, but I but I don't want to sell O.J. Howard short. I, he's better than Evan Ingram. The difference is currently I've got Ingram projected for about 110 targets. I've got Howard closer to 80. If you give O.J. Howard 90 targets, which is still a pretty low total, he is the easy number four tight end. If he gets 100, he's creeping into the top three in his career efficiency. So I, both of these guys have a chance. That we could very easily next year be talking about tight end, and instead of saying big three, we're saying big six. Howard, Ingram, and Henry could all join that group. I think we should be saying it now. Hmm. Yeah, I had a fear about Evan Ingram that I think has sort of gone away. Um, just Daniel Jones looked at comp looked great, and I'm not saying he will be great, but if he takes over for Eli Manning, I don't think he'll be completely terrible. So that, and I think he will at some point take over for Eli Manning. Uh, but also, like the there's a there's got to be a bump for Ingram, even though it's only four games. It's not going to help you in the playoffs. Just overall season statistics without Golden Tate, those first four games, like he could just be a beast. His 16 game pace in the games he's played without Odell Beckham in his career. 77 catches, 962 yards, and seven touchdowns. That's really good. That only would have been tight end five last year, but it would have been uh, top two in 2016, number three in 2017. And he's only getting better. You know, he's coming into his own. So no Tate for four games is great. The fact that Daniel Jones looks like a, like he could be a good quarterback, not necessarily this year, but he won't be terrible, um, has really uh, uh, kind of taken some of my fears away for Ingram. So uh, did I... I'm sorry. Did I ask who you said you like? You like Ingram more because you think you'll get more targets. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, listener breakouts. Spencer says I'm calling for a re breakout for Allen Robinson, top 15 receiver. I don't hate it. I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised too. I kind of hate it. <laughs> sorry. I, I. I. I'll. Do I need to make? I don't want to make the argument, but do you want me to make the argument for him? Yeah, actually, because I find it hard to make an argument for any Bears pass catcher based on last year. They just spread the ball around so much. That That's absolutely true. But it's also true that Robinson had a two- or three-week absence. He had the week that he got hurt, which he only had four receiving yards. So really, you're looking at a 12-game season where he caught 55 passes for 754 yards. That's not too far from a 1,000-yard pace. I wouldn't be all that surprised if he catches 75 passes this year for 1,050 yards, and then it just comes down to, does he score six touchdowns or eight? That could be the difference between him being a top 15 wide receiver. Okay. David Lee, one of our Twitter followers, former Nick, but not really, says Mike Williams is a breakout this year. Mike Williams, I think you guys favor Hunter Henry in that regard. Nope. Yeah, it's just it, it it's hard to expect him to, you know, replicate that type. Of, I think he's a fine number three receiver because I think he can still score seven touchdowns, but the the catches and the yards really have to come up. Five games more than I, I four him, targets. I take him over Allen Robinson. Five games of more than four targets for Mike Williams. He averaged nineteen point two fantasy points per game in PPR, which is unbelievable. And um, he's kind of an X factor because I don't know that we know how good he is yet. Would you agree? Yeah. Right? Yep. We I do agree. Uh, Tyler says, just talk about Zay Jones for five minutes. <laughs> That's way too many minutes to talk about Zay Jones. Five seconds. Uh, does I think he's the number three wide receiver in okay. Buffalo. That suffices. So, 
Uh, D says Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones. That's a that's a good call. I mean, it could certainly happen. We can talk about that tomorrow with Ben. Okay. Well, tomorrow's a bus show. I don't think Ben's gonna bring up Ronald Jones. Like I said. <laughs> Uh, George Criticos, who's uh, you know a friend of ours on Dynasty League Football, says Tom Brady. Have a feeling he finally lives up to the hype. Yeah, he, Dynasty League. You got four more years of Tom Brady or something like that. So, uh, Mike says Marlon Mack is a breakout. Does Marlon Mack have top five potential? Yes. I have a hard time seeing it unless his role in the passing game really expands. All right, and let's read some. Uh, we'll do a couple more. Joe says Nick Chubb as a breakout. I Winner. love Nick Chubb, but we'll see what ha- I mean. We'll see what happens. First eight games is going to be a breakout, and Sony Michelle will be a monster from BP. Sony Michelle will be a monster, all caps. He stays healthy. Could happen. I I do like that one just because like it's a Patriots running back, and who knows? It might happen. <laughs> I'm not betting on it. All right, time for some emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We've got a few minutes for these. This is from Brandon in New York. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Oh, speaking of callers, call into our radio show Saturday night, Ion Fantasy Football, 10 p.m. Eastern, CBS Sports Radio, Sirius Channel 206, cbssportsradio.com. Okay, I have Hopkins, Michael Thomas, and Keenan Allen, but my RB1 is Tariq Cohen in PPR, so he needs to upgrade. I was just offered this trade. My Michael Thomas and Tariq Cohen... For Leonard Fournette and Devin Singletary, would you do it? No. I uh, no. 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 No, no. Better. You need to do better than that. Sorry. All right. This is from John. Dear Reggie, Mark, Chris, and Jose. Oh, I know this one. Chris with a K. Those are athletics. Yeah, like sluggers. Jackson, McGuire, Chris Davis, and Jose Canseco. I'm having my first dynasty draft after more than 25 years of playing fantasy football. I am picking 12th in a startup dynasty league. How do I go about deciding between experience and youth? 20 roster spots. I mean, that's, I, I think the the key factor is if like you're looking at uh, Juju versus Julio. Not that that's going to probably fall to you at 12, but you would take Juju over Julio. You know, whereas in most redraft leagues, you're obviously taking Julio Jones. And I'd say probably Michael Thomas, too. Yeah, my my plan is to win, win this year. I'm not going to ignore age, but it's more of a tiebreaker. Okay, thank you. Good stuff. Uh, this is Raul from the home of Big Blue. Go Giants. 12-team PPR league. I have the fourth pick. Uh, should I take, if Zeke has not reported, should I take someone else? Should I take David Johnson, Hopkins, Adams? What would you do at the four pick? At the four, uh, at the fourth pick, excuse me. Raul, it would have been extremely helpful if you would have given us your draft date in this email, and I would feel much more comfortable giving you an answer. If you are drafting today, then I would say, yeah, you should still take Zeke if he's not reported. If you're drafting on the 24th, then probably not. If you're drafting on the 31st, definitely not. Who would you take? I mean, if you're concerned, take one of the receivers. Take Adams or Hopkins. Yeah. By the way, recent ADP showing David Johnson is going ahead of Hopkins. I don't know about PPR, but half PPR and non-PPR. David Johnson on fo- football calculator, fifth. Uh, Matthew in Durham, first-time emailer. I have the number one pick. For several weeks, I thought I'd take at least one receiver at the 24-25 turn, but now A.J. Green, Amari Cooper, Antonio Brown, all hurt. Keenan Allen and T.Y. Hilton are probably gone, uh, according to him. Would you reach for Stefan Diggs or Adam Thielen, or would you go go elsewhere at 24 and 25? 
So who's who's off the table? He's assuming T.Y. Hilton and Keenan Allen are gone, and, and he didn't say Mike Evans, but Mike Evans. So if those guys are gone, what do you do with the swing picks in rounds two and three? You could take one of the tight ends if they're available, Ertz or Kittle. You can still go to those running backs we talked about with Fournette or carry on Johnson. What would you do, Jamie? Let's say you have Saquon Barkley, and then your next two picks are going to be who? With those players not being available to me? Yeah. I would probably take one of carry on Johnson or Leonard Fournette and Zachary. Yep. Okay. Would you rule out Edelman if it's full PPR? I probably would take those other two players over Edelman. Yeah. All right. You got some good options there. And final question here. A guy from Nevada, let's call him Jim. How do you feel about drafting Odell Beckham and Nick Chubb on the same team? Half point PPR. I did this yesterday and I loved it. I loved it. I had the On the worst pick. team you ever drafted? It was the worst team I ever drafted, but not because of them. Because of the mistake. Yeah, why I'm, do you think I'm I'm oh. I was looking at this. Why do you think it's the worst team you ever drafted? Oh. I've seen you draft a lot worse. <laughs> I hope that's not true. Uh, it was a, it was so bad. I'll talk about it on CBS Sports HQ. Tune in for that. I got to thank Heath and Jamie and all our you listeners. Did, you did the double brown uh, swing picks. I did the double stealer. Very good. Yeah, I got no problem with it. Good offenses, good players. Sounds good to me. Uh, all right, we're out of here. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na.